This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. Now, as long-term viewers of Doctor Who will know, there have been few more constant enemies for the Doctor than the Daleks. On that very short list, of course, there has to be the Master. Now, we're very, very lucky to have found uh, an exclusive interview with the actor that played the Master, uh, certainly all the way through the 80s, Mr. Anthony Ainley. Now, uh, for fans of the show, uh, you'll know that, uh, very sadly, Anthony Ainley passed away in 2004, but once again, we we are so indebted to our amazing uh, listeners that we have this interview to bring you. Um, but before we get into the interview, I've got to introduce my companion in the camper van this week. Of course, hello, Ian. Hello, Tom. Hey, hey. Right. So, what do you think about this? I am really excited. For me, I know it's something of a heresy to the the, the older guard of classic Who fans, but for me, Anthony Enley is the master. You know, I first started regularly watching the show and self-identifying as a fan during the Peter Davison era, and of course, throughout that era, uh, Anthony was there all the time as the master. He turned up every other episode in the Five Doctors, which was one of my first big stories. Was the Five Doctors where he played a pivotal part? So, for me, Anthony Enley is is the master. It's always been my favourite master and has a real, really special p- place in my affections. So to have an opportunity to sort of have a real blast from the past like this and go back right to that time and uh, and hear from the man himself is, for me, a really exciting thing to hear. I think I agree with you. It's actual, factual time travelling that we're doing here today. So, well, what can we do? Um, James, I think it's time to hand over to you. <laughs> Peoples of the universe, please attend carefully. The message that follows is vital to the future of you all. I'm joined now by Martin, without whom you would not be about to enjoy about 20 minutes or so from Anthony Ainley. After nearly 30 years, Martin, welcome to the Doctor Who podcast. It's a pleasure to be in, in attendance here. What do you think of the caravan? We always ask that question. <laughs> well, it's a bit pokey, and it's a bit damp, musty smell over in that corner. Are you sure? Is that Trev's corner? <laughs> <laughs> you may say that. I couldn't possibly comment. Uh, but let, let's talk about Anthony Ainley. Yeah. 30 years after you met him, we're now about to broadcast the interview that you recorded with him. Tell us about how that came about. Well, um, <laughs> it's 30 years ago. I can't remember. Um, I was a very naive... Uh, innocent little uh, Doctor Who fan living in uh, the far reaches of Swindon at the time Uh, and I used to write to everyone and one of the people that I wrote to uh, was Anthony Ainley but prior to him ever being the master I wrote to him at episode one of Keeper of Charkin and uh, I think I got the 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 honour of being the first Doctor Who fan letter that he'd received and I remember he um, I think he either wrote to me or he rang me up straight after and 
um, we had a conversation, which was a bit weird because she got the master on the phone. <laughs> By which time, um, uh, Legopolis had started to screen, so that was a bit that was a bit strange. And uh, we must have met a few times, but uh, he was going to a convention, a Panopticon convention, in 1981. It was the 2nd of August, 1981, and I remember it was about four or five days after Prince Charles and Diana had got married. So the this was my first trip up to London with my friend Linda. Linda comes from Bristol, and as you'll hear, we managed to catch a lift after, a, after the convention with Tony, uh, who has taken us home, or has taken us to Earl's Court, where I believe, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Ainley was on a date. <laughs> he was going on a date, because he had a rose in his hand, and he was talking about this lady. Uh, and what follows is basically, um, whilst he was in the car, uh, Linda and I basically shoved a micro- an old microphone under his nose, and this is, this is the result. This is long before the days of CDs and MP3s, so, <laughs> so the quality does vary. Yeah, I have to say that you probably will get, uh, there's, there's a few clunks and things, because it was an old handheld mic. Mm. And you'll notice there are times when uh, Anthony's changing gear or pulling up to traffic lights and things like that, where mm. uh, uh, he gets distracted by London. But the nice thing is as well, he was pointing out landmarks to us, because this was our first trip to the big city. So uh, as he's driving along, he suddenly says bits and pieces that are personal to him. Okay, so let me just ask you before we play the interview, you've received a phone call from the master, bearing in mind the third doctor didn't fare particularly well after receiving a <laughs> phone call in Terrell of the Autons. You then decide to get in a car with him. Yes. And what was going through your mind at that point, as a 14-year-old fan? Well, it, this is really sort of... It, it, I suppose in some ways it shows the difference between what it was like being a Doctor Who fan in the 80s to what it is now, because... I suppose, naively, I didn't think anything different about it. I just thought it happens was, all the time. I thought it was the perfectly normal <laughs> thing, and I can remember um, I've blank lifts in the past from people like Tom Baker as well. And he just just turned up and said, you know, oh by the way, I need to get home. Can I have a lift, guys? And <laughs> and that's what happened. You did so. Uh, well, fantastic. Well, thank you very much indeed for for sharing this with us. I know our listeners are going to be incredibly interested to hear a voice beyond the grave and the fact that it's. It's Anthony Ainley. It's, it's just amazing. So thank you so very much indeed for getting in touch with us. You're very, very well. Bring forth the Doctor. <laughs> ah, the most recent. One so busy setting plans and traps that he fails to see those set for him. Oh, look, the blustering one in the stupid coat. How he struts and gloats. Wait, there's the nice one. Such charm, such innocence, such naivety, such a fool. The bohemian, the wanderer. One so keen to abandon his roots that he abandoned his sense. Now, there was a worthy foe. Such cunning, such ingenuity. All wasted through that stubborn streak of goodness. The comedian, but a capable comedian too. Not quite the clown he looks, this one. And there's the first. Such wisdom, such intellect. But oh, what a bore the fellow was. What? A hero, a challenger? Someone to defend your miserable existence, Doctor? Something you've cobbled up yourself by the look of it? Well, good luck, Grok. You'll definitely need it. <laughs> the destiny of the Doctors is in your hands. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> Do I prefer-
prefer the master treemouse, Martin just asked, and this is Martin Speck Spalese speaking. Do I prefer the master to treemouse? The answer to that is, they're so opposite that I, I, um, I like them both. And if I was told that treemouse was returning and the master was disappearing, and would I play treemouse for the rest of my life, I wouldn't mind at all, because there's both such good parts. But I think the master has it over treemouse, because treemouse didn't have the powers that the master has. Tremus didn't have a TARDIS, he couldn't miniaturize people, he couldn't disappear from one planet and arrive on another planet. Martin Speck, police of the Daily News in Swindon, has just said he was going to be the most powerful man in the galaxy and I think as yet again Martin's absolutely right. Next question, Linda King of the Daily Echo. Do you, would you mind getting typecast as a master? Not at all, not at all. A man's got to eat, you know. Speaking of eating, what sort of things do you like? Well, that's very kind of you, Linda. I'll have um, um, rump steak and uh, new potatoes. And um, no, I like any sort of food, really. I tend to be um, a bit of a health nut, although you wouldn't think so at the moment, looking at me. But I like fresh vegetables. I sometimes go to cricket and play, um, um, play my cricket and take a picnic full of um, raw cauliflower and celery and all that health stuff because I believe cooking is, has a way of killing. Well, incidentally, we've just passed my old offices where I used to work in the city. This is the city of London where it's called the, the Square Mile, where all the finance and insurance offices happen and exist. And I used to have a job just down here in the Gracechurch Street called Lloyd's of London. Do you get along well with the other cast, uh, with the rest of the cast? Very well. I'm in love with them. Uh, I'm in love with Janet. I'm in love with Sarah Sutton. And, I, and I'm in love with, and I'm in love with um, Sheila Ruskin. And unfortunately it isn't mutual, but that's show business. Uh, I, I must just tell listeners of uh, Radio London that Martin has just confessed that he's proposed marriage to Sarah Sutton today at the How's Your Father. Did she say yes? She said she'd consider it. Martin says that she said she will consider it. And this could be the start of something. Big, big, big. Next question, Miss Linda King of LBC. But shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, we're now going along the Thames embankment up towards Westminster and um, Linda King is doing her um, pouting. I nearly said breaststroke but as this is not a children's program I thought I wouldn't say that word. And uh, over to Linda King for her next question. She's reading her notes just a second. She's a very professional broadcaster. One moment. Did you mind about the Doctor Who monthly getting everything wrong about... No, I didn't mind that at all. Partly because I didn't read it. but. Um, I didn't know that Doctor Who Monthly existed until dear old Martin gave me one today, which is apparently uh, mentioning me as the top of some sort of poll. No, I never mind mistakes. We all make mistakes. <laughs> I know, that's very funny. Very funny. Now, Dreamers had a little makeup on, as you will see next week, as he appears Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Next question. Uh, well, I'd like to ask you a bit about Tom Baker, if I may. Yes. Um, what sort of persons he like to work with? Tom is a genius, but he is a saint, he's a genius, he's a wonderful, talented artist, and a joy to work with. He also happens to bowl rather well at cricket. 
Martin just asked me, have I played cricket? Hey, look at that flag. Look at that. From America with love. Oh, la, la. We're going along the strand now, and uh, we've just seen huge stars and stripes over a, a little English church here, St. Mary Lestrand. I don't know why it's a big stars and stripes flag, but I'm digressing. I do beg your pardon, listeners. It is going out live now to Swindon Broadcasting. Oh, yes. hmm. so, um, bouncing off the satellite. Yes, bouncing off satellite. <laughs> now, um, what was your last question, Martin Specs Pelosi? Have I ever played with Tom? Played cricket with Tom. Yes, I have played cricket with Tom, and he's a very fast bowler. Trouble with him is that when I played with him, he he wasn't very wealthy in those days, and he didn't have any white trousers. He was the only man on the field in grey trousers, which didn't look too good. But now he's rich. He's got 16 pairs of flannel, so he's all right. Did you know him before he was? I'm going to turn right. Yes, I did know him before he was dog too. That's quite a good question. And he used to live with my brother and my brother's wife in Muswell Hill when he was Tom Who. <laughs> you get the joke. Pause for laughter. Next question, Linda. Oh, there's one here about uh, the master did a lot to ruin Nissa's happiness. Would you like to see a confrontation between the master and Nissa? Yeah. Would I like to see a confrontation, listeners, between the master and Nissa? Well, um, do you mean in a sonar bath or...? <laughs> well, anyway you like. As she happens to be terribly in love with Martin Spilacy at the moment, I think that any confrontation in a sonar bath would be um, ruled out. Well, my answer to your question is this, that she's the loveliest lady I ever worked with, so it would be a great joy to confront her in a gravel pit any time you like or she likes, and that honestly is my best answer I can give you. She's a darling to work with, she's talented, and I, every time I act with her, I think it's, it's super. Next question. We're coming to my club now, where I owe them a lot of money. I'm going in to pay a cheque, so we might have to pause for uh, reorganisation. It wasn't long before Tony returned, armed with chewing gum for us all, and we resumed our journey and resumed our questioning. Straight ahead of us is Martinsonville, where my father had a memorial service when he died, at which Lord Olivier, Lord Lawrence Olivier, read the lesson. And I'm being awfully boring. Now ask me a question. Martin Specks Pelosi has just said that I dress like a civil servant and I'm not sure if I'm insulted or not, but I'm I'm going to forgive him because he speaks from the straight from the heart. Uh, you mentioned about meeting John Pertwee last week. Quite a, quite a nice little party on a boat that went, it was the eve of the wedding and we went on a boat. It was a party, a celebrities guild party. We went on this boat and dined and danced. Not he and I, but he and I and lots of other people. And um, I said, are you going to the Pan-Technicon? What's it called? Panopticon. Panopticon. Which actually I looked up in the dictionary, it means prison. Um, yeah, you look it up in your dictionary, it means prison in, the, in my dictionary. And he said, um, no, I can't come, I'm filming. And um, yes, there's National Gallery and there's uh, the four lions around Nelson Square and people, children climbing all over the lions. Now, in a minute, ladies and gentlemen of Swindon Broadcasting, we are going down the Mall, where all the flags are still there for the uh, dear Prince and Princess of Wales. And we're going to drive as though we were Speck, Linda and I, uh, the royal party, except we haven't got balloons and just married. We've just got a humble little unassuming triumph Toledo, and we're going down. We might wave to the peasants if they happen to glance our way. <laughs> And uh, next question from Miss Linda King. 
Could you tell me some more about Spider's Web? Spider's Web is, was one of the finest television programmes in the history of British television, uh, which is one of the reasons why it was never repeated. <laughs> but I played the lead, and uh, the lady who played the lead is now dead. God rest her soul. Uh, Patricia Cutts. And, uh, no, in all seriousness, it didn't quite work. The format wasn't quite right. So they decided to do no more. They did 13. I played a chap called Tiger Hawksworth, a s celebrated spy who frequently made mistakes and was so ticked off by Patricia Cutts, the head spy, um, bossy sort of person. It was like James Bond, except that I kept falling over and making mistakes. More human and sort of semi, supposed to be amusing, but I don't think many people found it funny. Now we're going down the mall towards um, Buckingham Palace. And Linda King is waving to the peasants as they spot her and recognize her. She's giving her the toothy grin, and she hasn't got the silly hat on today, but the peasants recognize her immediately, and she waves, and we pass Marlborough House on our right and Clarence House. The flags are still up. It looks lovely. The sun is just setting, and it looks like um, another lovely day tomorrow with red sky at, light and all, red sky at night and all that jazz. And um, we're just about to pass the Queen Victoria statue which lies in front of Buckingham Palace. And in a minute, Martin Specks Palacey of the Swinland Gazette is going to ask another meaningful question. Have I heard Martin's Duke of Edinburgh impression? No, I haven't. Over to Martin for the Duke of Edinburgh impression. Well, you see, it's like this. It's very, very articulate like that. It is actually very like that. And I'm very impressed because he does such excellent work for the um, Duke of Edinburgh Ward. And they tend to speak behind their teeth all the time, with Charles and Philip, as if their teeth are so large they can't open their mouth properly. Uh, anyway, 10 out of 10 to Martin Specks Palacey. He's not only a brilliant journalist, but as you see, he's a very clever impressionist. And watch out, Mike Yarwood. Next question comes from Linda King of Bristol. Uh, yeah, have you um, done any theatre tours? I, I heard, have I done any theatre tours? I didn't hear, after. have I been to the Bristol Vic? No, but I played Bath, beautiful theatre in Bath. Have I done any theatre tours? Before I get to that, I would just like to mention that um, Division 2 has lost a pair of Bristols recently, if you'll pardon the expression. Both Bristol City and Bristol Rovers have been relegated to Division 3. <laughs> they were being, the division was being held up by a pair of sagging Bristols. Both of the Bristols have been relegated this season. But I think I'm with a pair of non-sportsmen, so I'll go on to the question. Have I been touring lately? The answer is only in a cricket sense. I haven't... The last play I toured in went to Bark. Now we're just going around Hyde Park Corner and St George's Hospital is on our left, which is about to be knocked down, I think. Wonderful hospital where Anthony Ailey, the master, went in for a week, long, long before probably Blinda King was even born to have, um, I think it's called polypi removed from his nasal um, orifice, if you'll pardon the expression. They mentioned that you've been in a horror film, Blood on Satan's Claw. What was that about? I played um, a priest in this horror film, Blood on Satan's Claw. Really, well, when you've got a mug as ugly as mine, you tend to get sinister parts, and I play a very sinister priest. We're now going down Knightsbridge, and we're stopping here. Suddenly, the lights have turned. We've got it. We're going towards Scotch House and Harrods, and, um, I'm on my way to Earl's Court. Now, in this Blood on Satan's Claw, which is the film I was in with Patrick Weimark, and um, I was very impressed by the fact that 
car would collect me and Patrick Weimark would be in it which made me think I was a star um, um, the question was what did I play in it yes I just played this rather unpleasant priest not a very big part and I didn't play it very well but you can only do what the writers allow you to do it's all in the writing and now we come towards Knightsbridge tube station and I'm showing Linda and Martin the giddy world of London's West End we go towards Harrods now and uh, next question from Spec. come in Spec. Well, what age did you start acting or what age did you think you'd like to be an actor? I always wanted to be an actor from an early age but I didn't actually start till I was in my middle twenties because I didn't have much self-confidence which is in a way now we're passing Harrods where people with self-confidence always go and shop um, um, you have to have a bit of self-confidence to just to survive the rejection that you're always getting at. and uh, I didn't have that and uh, so I started by going where we've just been actually through the city of London I went to an insurance firm Lloyd's of London and uh, and then I was in my mid-twenties, I won a scholarship to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. And, um, since then I've never looked forward, I mean I've never looked back. Where did you get that lovely rose, Linda? I got it from you. And the question was, would I prefer to work in theatre or television? Or films? When Linda says, would I prefer to work in theatre, television or films? Or all of them? Theatre and films tend to be better written. I think television tends to be, and I hope John Nathan Turner doesn't hear this. I think television frequently has written too much for hurry. The writing gives it away. Everything depends on the writing. In the beginning is the word. We're now passing a site here, which is where George Bernard Shaw wished the National Theatre would be, just here. But of course, as we all know, the National Theatre is now near Waterloo Station, and uh, the Ismaili Centre is being built here. And now we turn left towards South Kensington. And um, the answer to your question is really what matters is the script. And the best scripts, I think, tend to be in uh, theatre and films. Do you have any other hobbies and interests, apart from cricket? She passes me the mic. I, we touch hands and it's rather nice. Which reminds me that one of my best, my favourite pastimes is gels. I'm rather <laughs> fond of gels. That's quite a nice pastime, isn't it? Um, gels, cricket, and uh, what else is there in life? Cricket playing girls, girls playing cricket. Women, 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 women. I'm going to Maxine. I'm trying to think of another hobby. Oh yes, uh, Greek philosophy, I'm very fond of. Over to you, Linda King, next question. Have you been around the world before? We've just passed South Kensington Tube Station. I've been asked, have I been around the world? I've been to the United States of America. I've been to Europe, most of it. And um, beyond that, I've never been, ex no, no, I've been to Canada, United States, and Europe. I've, nev I've never been to Greece. Furthest east I've been is Italy, where I played Hamlet in Rome. Linda said, would I like to stay in any of those countries particularly? I think one country is just the same as another. And as my home is in London and my work is in London, and my friends in are in London, I think London's the place to be. I, I quite like the English climate. Is it called a temperate climate? Uh, Linda says wet, she's contradicting me. Um, now we're getting towards my destination in Earl's Court and um, Linda's trying to find 
how on earth she can get from uh, Earl's Court to Ricelip. But I hope we can manage somehow. I said we'll thumb a lift. We'll thumb a lift? My goodness, that's not safe. And now, Speck's got a question. I have. Um, what would you like for your birthday? No, 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 no. And they've just been, they've just asked me very kindly what I want for my birthday. And, um, I really, um, have to say that I don't want anything. Um, you've sent me some lovely stuff, you've sent me lovely drawing, lovely, um, magazines and things. And I don't want anything else. And you're, um, to, um, spend your hard-earned pocket money in other because, um, times are hard and unemployment's rife. Rife. Thank you. Uh, how did you come to meet John Nathan Turner? That was to do oh, with... Yes. Yes, that's quite a good question. And thank God I met John Nathan Turner in, uh, when I was doing the Palazers, when I played another awful, sneering, leering swine called the Reverend Emilius in um, Trollope's Palazers. It's the Eustace Diamond. Naughty girl with that high skirt, you missed it. London's a wicked place, and I'm very pleased to think that Linda's going back to Bristol soon because London's much too wicked for Linda. Now, I've been a little selfish. I apologize to Mr. Spalacy and Mr. and Mrs. King for being so selfish. I brought them to Earl's Court and I'm just dumping them in the high road, hoping they're going to find their way back. Martin's wearing the most expensive looking shirt I've ever seen. Anyway, uh, he's the best dressed man at the um, Panopticon whatever it's called, and Linda's wearing the most charming rose. Over to Linda for her next question, and possibly the last. Do you very interesting cars? Not very. <laughs> no. no. I like this car, but uh, it gives me a bit of trouble now and again. But I'm not very um, technically inclined, and so I'm not very uh, into... No, nor my motorbikes, neither. Linda's asked me do I like motorbikes, and I don't very much. Pictures in the park. Martin wants some pictures in the park. Yes, the the um, stage manager is giving me a signal to wind it up now. It's a wrap. And so this is Anthony Ainley, star of Stage Green and Labour Exchange, wishing you all a very good day. And I'm sorry I've been so bloody boring. Have I anything to say to the fans? I've just been asked by Martin's place. And all I can say, fans, if you want to listen to rubbish like this, then there's something the matter with you. <laughs> with you. But I hope it's been of some use to somebody. And at least Martin and Linda have got a lift wells caught out of it. And now we're going to grind to a halt. Um, sorry, I'm sorry if I've appeared to send the whole thing up, but I haven't meant to. Just that well, I don't think one should take anything too ser seriously. Do you? I thought the interviews today at the, at the convention were being taken a little too seriously, didn't you? Just call me the master, I'm back upon the scene. Only a master of evil, I'm the doctor of me. I can summon vision. A few in fears This alien parasite will bring you to tears I'm the mind of evil I am the master, and you will obey me. I'm the master, but I'm the American master from the Doctor Who movie from 1996. The Doctor Who movie is not something I recognize. You wouldn't recognize it, Baldy. I'm not 
bold. I am the master and you will obey me. I meant you. I can't swear, can I? <laughs> no, you cannot swear, master, if that is indeed your real name. It is my real name and I've got a snake in my... <laughs> it's really difficult. It is my real name. I've got a snake inside my eyeball and I'm going to come and I'm going to master you. No. <laughs> <laughs> that that's quite good. I wasn't such a the charismatic master. I was a bit one off. No, oh, I am charismatic. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Listen, my, my sister's Julia Roberts. You know. Listen, sh- shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> shut up. Is this your performance, Roberts? <laughs> That's quite nasty. Hey, listen, buddy. I don't know nothing about this, Roberts, but my sister is Julia Roberts, and she was in Pretty Woman, and you're no pretty woman. You're not even a pretty man. No, no, I am the master, and you will obey me, Roberts. Okay, if you ask so nicely. Kneel down. Kneel before me, Roberts. That's... That's General Zod from Superman 2. You will obey me, Roberts, or I will destroy you. I've had enough of this conversation. (laughs) Turned into Jeffrey Beavers. Well, what can I tell you? It's just amazing to hear uh, a voice from the past uh, talking about his time in the show and his craft in exactly that way. That's just quite astonishing. Um, So so a huge thanks again uh, for that interview. It it, it certainly makes great, very fascinating listening. Uh, And I think, to be honest, I think I'll I'll go back and listen to it again. Fantastic. Absolutely. Um, As I said at the outset, uh, Anthony Andy is one of my uh, favourite actors from Who. And when he passed away a few years ago, it was as affecting to me as when Elizabeth Sladen or Nicholas Courtney went, because he's such an important part of my childhood. So to have the opportunity to hear this sort of uh, never-before-heard piece from him from that time for me was really very special and i can only echo the thanks to martin for allowing us to be a part of that quite so well okay i think we've heard enough for one podcast so it's time for us to say goodbye and uh, we'll see you the next time around goodbye everyone speak to you soon i am the master and you will obey me no no I am the master, and you will obey me. No, no. I am the master, and you will obey me. (laughs) No, no, no. I am the master, and you shall obey me. (laughs) No, no. I am the master. And you will obey me. I am the master, and you will obey me. No, I'm the master, and you will obey me. No, no, I am the master, and you will obey me. (laughs) No, I am the master, and you will obey me. No, no, I am the master, and you will obey me. (laughs) No, no, I am the master, 
And you will obey me. No, no. I am the master. And you will obey me. No, no. I am the master. And you will obey me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I am the master. And you will obey me. I am the master, and you <laughs> are listening to the Doctor Who podcast. <laughs>